My guest on this week's episode of Sales and Search is Helen Pollitt, head of SEO at Car and Classic. Helen is an in-demand conference presenter. A few places you might have heard Helen speak include Brighton SEO, Search Leads, and SMX London. She is also an active blogger. She's written columns for Search Engine Journal, State of Digital, Search Engine Watch, and OnCrawl. I caught up with Helen shortly after she spoke at Brighton SEO this spring. The talk received a lot of positive feedback on SEO Twitter, and for good reason. Knowing SEO and how to improve a website is often only half the battle. The other half is getting stakeholder buy-in, collaborating with peers and other departments, and doing the hard work of actually getting SEO changes implemented. How do you advocate for SEO within a larger organization? How do you proactively engage other departments? How do you advocate for process in early stage companies that resist process? I'm going to ask Helen these questions and many more. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a conversation with Helen Pollock. We'll talk about the importance of navigating from the top. We'll spend a little time talking about how to find your champions. We're also going to chat about how to make SEO memorable to teammates who don't do SEO. All right, Helen, welcome to Sesame Search. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks very much for having me. Well, I, I love having you. I just watched your presentation at Brighton, which was outstanding. And I love talks like this because this is what it's actually like doing this job, right? Like these are these little interpersonal skills are everything. It's it's almost like, you know, at this point, I feel like sometimes knowing SEO is just table stakes. To get anything accomplished, you need people that care. Uh, you need to make you need to make SEO important. Uh, is that sort of how you framed your conversation? Have I, have I framed this topic correctly? And what, what would you add? Yeah, that's essentially it. I mean, you, you can spend your entire career trying to improve your SEO skills and understand more about how the internet works and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, if you can't get buy-in, it's all entirely pointless because you spend most of your working day just trying to persuade people that you do know what you're talking about and actually what you're suggesting is a great idea. So yeah, I think you framed that perfectly. All right, awesome. And so it's, it's the title of it is about an SEO first organization. And if anybody watched the watched the the presentation uh, in about a minute and a half, you dash all our dreams that this is this is just an idealistic <laughs> dream world. <laughs> Everyone is ever going to happen, um, but you can get a little bit better, right? So so maybe a, a different way of putting it is, yeah. Uh, obviously, the CFO may not care about SEO as much as he cares about the ledger or the the keeping and all that stuff and I understand that but uh, yeah it's fun to dream about for sure so what what actually is the best we can hope for when you think about a healthy functioning company that has uh, an SEO division what's, what's the best case scenario for SEO I really think you're you're in a good position if you've got executive buy-in so if your senior leadership team know what SEO is and care about SEO and and they look to you or your your team for the the go-ahead when uh, there's going to be some big website changes that are happening or there's going to be a, a, a rebranding or something along those lines. It's It tends to be that if they are conscious of what SEO is and its importance, then I think you're in a really good place. Well, I mean, some of the talk is like an internal sales initiative, right? You're, you're using persuasive techniques to get buy-in from stakeholders. The, the challenge is, as I look at it in SEO, is that it's stakeholders plural. It's much easier to sell when you're, the stakeholder's obvious, right? If it's just always the CFO, get used to talking in their language. As SEOs, we don't have that luxury. We need to speak to people with different agendas and motivations and all sorts of different kinds of things in, in an organization. You had this great advice that I liked where you said that SEOs need to train, inform, and QA. 
who needs the training, who needs the informing, and who needs the QAing as you think about an organization? Yeah, and I think it will it will very much differ depending on what type of organization you're in. So for a start, you've got to think of are you in-house working for just the one brand or are you in an agency or a freelancer? And actually you've got a whole separate company that you're trying to advise. And I think it can be really it's a good exercise for all of us to just take a step back and think actually of all of the different departments in either the company that I'm working in or the, the company that I'm advising, how many of them will have some kind of impact on SEO? How many could be impacted by SEO? And then try and break that down a little bit and look at well, to what degree. Sure, the chief financial officer, she might not be that concerned with the day to day of SEO, but she'll be the one signing off the budget for those tools that we really need. So we'll we need to get some level of buy-in there and try and explain the importance so that actually our budgets get approved. Um, our development teams, they probably are going to be very, very crucial to the success of SEO. So that's when that kind of a deeper level of education needs to come in. And, and when you're working agency side, you need to actually look at, well, who are the key stakeholders in terms of the people that we're liaising with on the day-to-day, -day, but who are they then? Who are their stakeholders? Who are they having to take the SEO initiative to and, and try and get buy-in from? And, do you need to educate them actually? And is there a need to perhaps go into their place of work or hold some kind of training session for those stakeholders that you've perhaps not even spoken to before? So a really good place to start is actually trying to just do a bit of an exercise where you break all of that down, have a look at who might need to be involved, who you might need to get that buy-in from, and then work out to what level. Um, and I, I find the education piece to be perhaps the most important bit. Because most people, once they actually understand SEO, start to see where the importance is. But when it's just this kind of mystical black box of you do a thing and then if you're lucky, Google likes it, then it's really hard for people to get bought into that because they don't understand what it is. And it's hard for them to prioritise stuff because they don't know what they need to prioritise. So education probably is the biggest element of it. Yeah, and that, that, that black box uh, feeling is very common. I, I, I experience that all the time with stakeholders. Uh, you know, the other, I'm just going to kind of keep going through the speech because there's so many good nuggets here. The other thing is, this sounds hard to me because depending on if your agency side or in-house, obviously these things differ, but a lot of these cases, you're alone. You're the only one championing SEO. It's, it's it. And one of the things you can, I've seen this happen throughout my career, you'll find one person in a, in a department who has sort of some forgettable job title who just really likes SEO. They get into it. And, and you suggest you, you find those people and you find your champions. You know, who are, who are those, you gotta ask yourself, who are those handful of people who actually like SEO, who, who, who's into this stuff? And once you've identified your champions, you wanna use them as effectively as possible, right? So how do you use these kinds of people who may not be the top dog at the agency? They may just be, you know, a middle manager or an entry level person, but they just really love this SEO stuff. How can you use them as effectively as possible? Yeah, I think they are often your key. They're the inroads to getting things across the line, to making change. So they are absolutely the people that, even if they're not the top of the, the tree in terms of their department, they're the ones that can help champion SEO internally. So I, I tend to find the best way to really encourage them and to, to collaborate with them is to suggest education. So if someone shows an interest in SEO, they probably know how complex and vast it is. So you can perhaps offer to give them some mentoring or um, help to to increase their skill set and their knowledge, or even just happy to answer any questions that they might have about SEO. 
and and bring them along on the journey so that they feel like they've got a little bit of uh, insight into what makes SEO work and also that they can kind of help to to facilitate change within their own department. So, for example, if you know that there's a, an engineer, a developer within your, your company who perhaps used to do a little bit of SEO in the past or has a, a particular interest in SEO, then start to talk to them about how SEO can impact development, how development can impact SEO and bring them alongside because they are the ones who can go into their teams and they can champion SEO for you. They will be probably a little bit more trusted because they are developers in their own right. They, they know how the, the code base works for your particular website. So when they are making suggestions about SEO, uh, they probably will be taken a little bit more quickly than if an SEO is making suggestions about changing code. Um, but the, the education piece, again, is so important with that, because the last thing you want is for uh, a developer to think, oh, OK, I get this SEO thing then and making recommendations that you actually haven't made because that could be a bit catastrophic. So it's about kind of partnering with them, educating them, mentoring them, helping them to grow in their SEO skill set and kind of that relationship building, really, where they'll happily come to ask you questions. You can ask them stuff and that kind of partnership grows a bit more organically than you forcing recommendations into the team or forcing education on the team. Um, and hopefully you're kind of getting a best friend within the development team that will then go and champion ideas for you. Well, I love this. And I, I think this is so spot on. It, it really is the job. You know, the, the other thing, and I mentioned this reminds me a lot of sales work that we do is navigate from the top. So you've got your champion, but you really got to get buy-in from the top person. So in sales, we talk about Hippos are the highest paid person's opinion. We got to get the highest paid person's opinion is the one that matters the most in these cases. The challenge that I could think of is that the top person in the department is a busy person. How do you get through that layer of uh, you know, like the, their assistant and their calendar is full of everything, actually get FaceTime and regular meetings? And why is that so essential? Why did you call that out in your speech that navigating from the top can really make the difference? I think to start with, you need to actually work out whether face-to-face -face time is best, actually. So if this particular person is incredibly busy and finding a slot in their diary is next to impossible, is it better to communicate, is it better to communicate with them async? So actually you're sending them messages or emails or you update a page on your intranet so that they can keep updated that way. Um, do you need to just be ready when they are? And if they've got 10 minutes, you have your call then, or what's the best way to actually communicate with that particular person, that stakeholder? And that will differ depending on stakeholders. Um, so that's probably the, the first step is finding out how they want to communicate with you so that you can kind of fit in with whatever pattern they're used to. Um, and it's really important because at the end of the day, they are the ones who are going to be able to help you in your quest to uh, get a, a better QAing process going on between your department and theirs, or they are the ones who are going to actually enact change that means that you are uh, you're tagged in all the tickets that are created that affects their department and yours. So you kind of need to get that buy-in right from the top because they're, at the end of the day, the ones that will change processes. And that's kind of where I see there being a lot of wins with SEO. If you can change a process, you're not constantly having the same argument or same discussion because the process dictates what happens mm -hmm. with those two departments working together. So. I know a lot of companies hate the, the word pro, uh, process because they kind of think it means it narrows down creativity and all that kind of stuff, but it really does smooth relationships. And it means that you're not constantly having to ask the same questions over and over again, because if it gets built into the process, then everyone knows what's expected of them. So you're 
your team leader of the engineering department or your your head of content or whoever it is that you need to speak to to get those processes changed so that SEO is is in those processes at the right time, then it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. I love that. And I, I mean, to, to, to continue down this side, if you really want to try and get the input, one of the things that you point out is it's not always about just the upside, right? That there's a, there's a downside to not investing in SEO. That's, this is my new favorite thing. And you call it out several times in the, in the talk at Brighton. Um, it's, I saw Andrew Shotland compare SEO uh, to insurance. Like you don't get any ROI from insurance, but you don't, if you don't have insurance, you can be devastated. Uh, you know, one of the things I really like, if you're trying to get buy-in from a stakeholder, you got to emphasize this. You got to emphasize that SEO can be a benefit, sure, but it, the absence of SEO can be, you know, like devastating. And so we want to make sure we're involved in that decision-making tree to avoid really catastrophic problems that can be even more powerful. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, I, I don't like to say I try to terrify my colleagues, but I like to give them, instill with them a, a healthy level of fear over what can happen if they ignore SEO or they don't bring SEOs into the picture soon enough. Uh, migrations is a very obvious one. Uh, if you don't involve an SEO in a website migration, then it's going to be going wrong and they're not gonna be happy with you and it's gonna be a disaster. But there's so many other things that happen in the day-to-day -day with a, a, your company that if you're not involved early enough as an SEO, things can go badly wrong. So I try to use examples from uh, recent history in uh, exemplifying why it's important that SEOs are involved. So if um, say a piece of content has gone out onto the website and it's not been uh, optimized and it replaces some previous content that was optimized and was performing really well in the search results, etc. You can kind of directly show, well, this is what happens uh, when you rewrite content and don't get your SEO involved. Actually, impressions drop, rankings drop, click-through rate has dropped. We've got less visibility, we've got less uh, traffic to the website, less conversions off the back of it, less money. And as soon as you mention money, everyone listens. So if you can kind of show what's gone wrong when SEO hasn't been involved in the past, it does tend to reinforce the need to get SEO involved at the right time. Wonderful. And so, yeah, let's, let's kind of get into some of the tactical ways you guys have done this. So you have a bunch of ways that I really like to appeal to members of an organization. You had like an Ask an SEO event. You've had uh, SEO news that you can send out. Uh, this way you use Slack was really cool. Walk our audience through these things. How, what tips and strategies do you have for making SEO more memorable within an organization? Mm -hmm. uh, so when I joined the company that I'm at now, the first thing I did was create a jingle. Um, so we have town hall meetings where we meet every week um, and we go through various different things. And somehow I managed to compose a song that gets sung at every single one of these meetings now. It's silly things. It's silly things like that that mean that people understand that you are in the company They'll get familiar with what SEO is and they'll remember you. Um, I'm not expecting everyone to compose a jingle. It was, in hindsight, a terrible idea because I now have to sing it every week. Uh, but there will be other ways that you can make sure that SEO is, is front of mind and memorable, that people know who you are. They know what you do. Um, SEO, because it is such a black box and people don't necessarily understand it, they don't really know when they should be coming to you for things. They don't know what sort of questions they should be asking. So as many touch points as you can provide them, the better. So that's where things like the uh, Ask SEO 
uh, Slack channel comes in that if people have a question about SEO, they've got a very easy async way of asking that question that hopefully won't be too embarrassing. Or um, I hold SEO clinics with my team and we have those once a month. And it's just a half hour drop in session so that anyone in the company, if they have a question about SEO, they've got some friendly SEOs who are ready and waiting to answer those questions. We record the session so people can watch it back later. If they don't have time to, to drop in um, during the session, then they can ask their questions ahead of time or we'll answer them on the call. But it's those kind of little things that can really help people to feel like they've got access to SEOs, that they can ask these kind of questions and that they really start to understand more about what SEO is. Because I found one of the biggest blocks to people really getting bought into SEOs, they don't fully understand the vastness of it. They'll have a concept of a little bit of it. So it might be that they, I don't know, they, they work in content creation. So they understand that keywords is a thing and they might talk to you about meta and meta and keywords. And that's what SEO is. It's meta and keywords, keywords are meta, or they work with their coding, the developers. So they know that hreflang tags is a thing because they did it once in the last job, or they know that HTML is super important and uh, pagination and rally kills next and prev and they'll have slightly out of date knowledge like that and you have to kind of correct them and that sort of thing but they'll have a, a tiny bit of the jigsaw and that's all they'll have they won't understand the full picture of it so these kind of touch points like um having drop-in sessions or um sending around a, a newsletter every time google does something that causes all of seo twitter to kick off if you can keep people updated with changes in what's going on in the search industry or even just results that you're managing to achieve, you're constantly keeping SEO in front of people and in their mind, and they start to understand a little bit more about that full picture so that you're getting more buy-in because they actually know what they're trying to be bought into. Um, so those are just a few of the ways. Um, one thing that I found to be really good is uh, just being really nosy and just being a part of as many meetings as I can be a part of. And whenever I join a company, I try and do this a lot that I'll just drop in on team meetings. So. I've got no business being in a product development meeting, but I'll, I'll turn up to them so that I'm just there as a face. That the, If they're talking about something that I think actually that's going to have a bit of an impact on SEO, I can pipe up and I can say, actually, we need to have a bit of a project around this. We need to discuss this a bit more. Um, or there's a really handy thing that you can do on Slack that you can tag keywords. Um, and every time that keyword is mentioned in a, in a chat, you'll get flagged and you can go in um, read what's being talked about. So for instance, I will have SEO as a keyword in Slack. And then every time SEO is mentioned, I get alerted and I can swoop in there and say, what, what's that? What advice has been given here? Um, and I can just keep up with what's going on. So being nosy really pays off, I think, especially if you're the only SEO in a company, uh, because you kind of have to be across a lot of things. So sticking your nose in and making sure that people know who you are and what SEO is really important. I love that advice. I love that Slack hack. I'm going to steal that for sure. Um, that, that's awesome. So the, the other thing, a lot of that advice is excellent, but it, it helps you develop relationships and it tells you, you know, who's uh, navigate from the top and all these things that are interpersonal, but people come and go at organizations. There is, there is turnover and relationships are hard to build. So now we have to get to that, that ugly word that you talked about earlier process that some people don't love. Um, where if you have a process that SEO is baked in to the process, the new person who comes in, they never knew that it could be done any other way. So, so walk us through how you, how you bake SEO into a process, how you make SEO as valuable, you know, for the the new person as possible. So it, it, that that learning transfers from one person to the next as there is turnover within yeah. an organization. 
Yeah, I, I, I feel that to my core. I'm a very antisocial person. Um, I'm terrified about having to reach out and talk to people and all of that kind of stuff that you have to do when you're trying to get by and, and build relationships. Um, so yeah, it's incredibly painful when you've invested all of that social energy into building relationship with the head of engineering and then they go and leave and then you have to start all over again. It is painful. Um, so as much of that as you can kind of include into process, the better. So for example, um, if you have some kind of internal documenting system, which I'm, most companies do have, try and use that as much as you can. Create a, a guidebook to SEO and host it on whatever intranet you have so that the various different new people can come and have a look at that. And it's a central source of truth about SEO for your company. Or um, another thing I like to do and encourage my team to do is if we ever get asked a, an ad hoc question about SEO, we just write it up and write up the answer. And we put that on our internal uh, document storage so that for a start, if uh, one of the other SEOs gets asked that in the future, they've got another point of reference that they can go back to and say, well, actually, this has been asked and answered already. This is what we decided as a team. This is the answer. But also, if anyone is new to the company, they can have a look at these kind of questions and think, oh, OK, so the last time someone asked about pagination, this was the answer the SEO team gave. That's great to know. When I'm next coding pagination, I know what to do. Um, and it's having that kind of nice uh, easily accessible central storage of, of SEO advice. Um, and if you can, if you're in the kind of organization that has an, an onboarding uh, process, so for example, um, when a new person joins the company, they have to spend a week learning about the company and all the different departments, all that kind of thing, try and get SEO onto the list somehow. And whether it's that you, um, you record a video, a 20 minute video that explains in a nutshell what SEO is for your company and uh, who everyone is and when they should come to you and that kind of thing. Or whether it's you host a session whenever they've got an onboarding program happening, but just try to make sure that every person who joins the company, potentially even regardless of what they do, as long as they have some kind of impact on the website, then it's probably worth them having a little bit of a, an idea about what SEO is and, and who you are and what they need to know in relation to SEO. So if you can get involved in the onboarding of new employees, brilliant. But essentially, make sure that your SEO advice somewhere is really accessible for people so that they can come and have a look at it. Um, and then also just have access and, and links to things like your, your drop-in session that you might be hosting or um, make sure that everyone is automatically added to the SEO news channel on your internal comm system or whatever it is, just so that there's just kind of little drip feeds of, of places they can go to learn more about SEO and also just a central source of truth that they can keep referring back to. I love this stuff, and I this is so the job. This is really what happens because people do come and go, but the, the documentation works. I want I wanted to see if I could get you to talk about one more thing along the lines of documentation because for some people this is really boring, but it's so essential if you are in the business that you have this stuff. One of my favorite pieces of documentation you recommend is that you explain when SEO should have been involved but wasn't. Walk me through this because I think it's a wonderful idea. Like. It should have been involved, but it wasn't. Um, that that document, documentation will live in that central source of truth. And from then on, it shouldn't, you know, we, we, we've got a better program and everybody's on the same page, right? Yeah, I mean, essentially, it's just a permanent record of the fact that you were right and they were wrong. How satisfying is that? So you can essentially have a central place where people can refer back to for years to come, which says SEO recommended this. 
you didn't do it, this is what happened. Or SEO should have been involved at this point, they weren't, look at the trauma. So it's it's just a, yeah, it's another place where you can say, look, this is why SEO is so important because this is what was happening. This was the, the traffic that we were getting from organic before this uh, development change was rolled out because you didn't involve the SEOs, this is what happened. And now we're at this and we're having to start all over again. So it's giving them kind of um, just examples really of, of where SEO should have been involved and wasn't and therefore what happened. Um, even going as far as, well, off the back of this, we then had to implement this, this and this, which took up this amount of development time. It cost us this amount of money. And you can kind of really bring it home with those kind of metrics that mean a lot to a lot of people, uh, time and money. And by doing that, hopefully they'll soon learn that actually getting SEOs involved earlier on in the process is going to help things in the long term. Well, I I just, this is the first time I had heard you speak and the first time we've talked together, but I'm just like a huge fan of yours. I think it's just really practical advice. You know, a lot of the conference presentations are very like uh, idealistic or, or theoretical, but this is like, to me, this is the actual job of being an SEO at these companies. So I took a lot away from it. If people who are listening want to learn more about you or the company you work for, what's your favorite social media? How do they connect with you? Um, I can't really say it's my favorite social media because I think that's uh, not really allowed at the moment, but you can find me on Twitter um, at Helen Pollitt one. Uh, there's like a bunch of L's and T's in my surname. So good luck with that. Um, or you can find me on LinkedIn uh, also under Helen Pollitt. Um, my company is Car and Classic, carandclassic.com. Uh, we're an online marketplace for classic vehicles. So if you want to buy or sell a classic vehicle, come to us. That's my plug. Um, but yes, please do reach out to me on the socials. Uh, if you can find me, I'm always happy to chat SEO. Please don't try and sell me links. I don't want them. Um, but otherwise, please do get in touch. Awesome. Well, I'm going to give you a virtual cheers for now. For everybody else watching, we will be back cheers. next week with another episode of Sudden Search. Thanks again, Helen. Thank you.